Hello and welcome to The Long View, a podcast that takes a closer look at the games people play. The Long View is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, so go and check out all that they have to offer at Dicetower.com. There's a huge database of reviews and videos and commentary there for everybody to check out, as well as a plethora of fantastic sister podcasts in the network. So um, go and check them out because there's surely something there for everyone. The Longview is also generously sponsored by Gamesurplus.com. They are my first choice whenever I'm looking to buy a board game online, and you should check them out as well and discover what makes them so special. It's their dedication to customer service, their commitment to getting you any game that you might be looking for, whether it's uh, here in the States or a hard-to-find import. So go and check out uh, Gamesurplus.com and place an order. And if you do, please be sure to tell them The Longview sent you. As a matter of fact, uh, this week, uh, if you place an order with Game Surplus and use the coupon code LONGVIEW10, you'll get 10% off your entire order, courtesy of GameSurplus.com. Uh, and I am thrilled to be able to offer that to my listeners. There's no restrictions on this offer. So go and check out GameSurplus.com if you haven't yet. Uh, check out their great selection of imports and games in general. Uh, and then uh, use the coupon code LONGVIEW10. LONGVIEW, all one word, and the number 10. And this will give you 10% off your entire order. So thanks again to GameSurplus.com for their continued support of the LONGVIEW. This special discount code will be available from 12.01 a.m. Monday morning um, all the way until 11.59 p.m. Wednesday night. So uh, from April 24th, 12.01 a.m. Monday, uh, all the way until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday. My name is Jeff Gamble. I'm the host of The Long View, and today I'm pleased to be joined once again by co-host T.C. Reed. Say hello, T.C. Uh, hello. I'm very excited to be discussing this game on this podcast today. Fantastic. And we're also pleased to be joined um, by a first-time contributor uh, who has graciously agreed to join us on the show. And uh, Adam, uh, I want to thank you for reaching out and uh, saying, hey, you know, can we talk about my favorite game? Um, is it Adam Gemmer or Gemmer? How would you pronounce it? It's pronounced Gemmer. And thank you very much for having me on. Not a problem. So, uh, Adam, thanks again for uh, uh, offering to talk about one of my favorite games. Um, it is uh, a game that I kind of fell in love with uh, quite a few years ago and uh, immediately, you know, tracked down a copy of it, made a, a, a rather one-sided trade, as I recall, in order to get myself a copy. Uh, this is a game that had been out of print for quite some time uh, and then was recently uh, re-released. Uh, when I say recently, I'm, I'm guessing a year or two ago um, and uh, kind of came back into wider distribution. Uh, but this is an absolutely fascinating game. Uh, it, it almost feels like to me like a Martin Wallace game. And then lo and behold, I ended up kind of doing a little digging around and found out that uh, apparently uh, this is a design uh, that the designer did kind of uh, apparently kind of seek a little bit of uh, advice maybe and and had a little bit of contact with Martin. Uh, It does feel a little bit like a Wallace game, uh, which only, of course, piqued my interest even more. And so when I had a chance to play it at a a local convention here called the the WBC, um, I just absolutely... Uh, adored it. I mean, it is a it is a player driven game. It's an experience, and yet um, it is set in a definite time and place, and is just a blast to play. So, Adam, that's kind of like my background with the game. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you first became aware of it, and and what were your first experiences? 
It's something that um, uh, was introduced to me when I was new to the hobby. It's just I was kind of poking around board game geek, um, trying to figure out what this world of board games was. And it's something that kind of kept coming up and um, eventually looked looked into it. I I don't actually recall how I acquired it. Um, I think it was just um, um, uh, probably in some miniature market purchase or something like that. Um, but it just was like the simplicity appealed to me, and um, you know, having that uh, that higher play, that high player interaction uh, was something that I wasn't seeing much um, being introduced, mostly through you know Rosenberg type uh, Euro games. Um, uh, finding a game that has that much interaction was very appealing. Yeah, there's definitely interaction in this one. We're going to talk about that for sure. Um, TC, what about you? Is this a game that you've had a chance to play? Oh, goodness. This is one of my top games. Um, in case, I don't know if you mentioned it, but we are talking about Tammany Hall. Oh, and yeah. I was introduced to this game. Uh, one of my gamers, Dan, carried this thing around with him everywhere. And he brought it to a game night one night and said, you want to play this? And I saw it and it had like this big boss tweet on the cover, chomping on a big cigar with the top hat on. I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I want to try this. <laughs> and then we opened it up. And then when, then when I saw the mayor card, it was just a thumb just squishing down on someone. I'm like, I, I, I'm in. I'm in. I already can tell you I'm going to love this game. And yeah, we played it and we had the right group to play it. And we just went at each other. We had a ball. We had fun. And it hit and hit and hit. We played that thing. I don't know how many times we played that in like the course of like two or three months. It was fantastic. So that's my, my uh, experience with the game. Yeah, you know, this is a, a game that uh, I, I have found to be one that has a lot of staying power. Um, it's one of those designs, um, as both of you have alluded to, that's kind of simple. Uh, it's not a you know high rules overhead kind of a game, and yet it is very interactive, and it leads to kind of like real boisterous play, um, which really fits the theme, and everything really kind of comes together in this. Um, just by way of a sort of introduction, uh, TC, uh, you know, kind of reminded me there that I probably should have said uh, <laughs> this game is designed by uh, Doug Eckhart. Um, the artist is Peter Dennis and uh, Brian Fisher. Uh, it was uh, published by Stratamax Games originally, um, and that's the version that I have. Uh, and then it was kind of picked up and redistributed uh, by IDW and Pandasaurus. Uh, it came out in, uh, what, uh, 2007 here, according to the Geek, and takes about 90 minutes to play. I'd say that's about accurate, although some games can take considerably longer, depending on how much negotiation slash threatening slash, slash bribery... <laughs> Flash! I got to walk away from the table for a second or I'm going to punch somebody kind of happens. Um, So, you know, this is this is definitely a game that is best at high player count. Um, I have played it once at three and it was kind of you really I kind of think this is a game that uh, really should be played uh, with four or five and five is actually the best. So um, the complexity uh, and the weight they've got it listed at. 2.81 2.81 and I, I would say to me high. it feels more like a two and a half yeah, yeah. I mean it's mm-hmm. that's pretty high because it, at its heart it's a fairly uh, simple game uh, the theme of the game is is basically as TC said it's that boss tweed era in uh, New York City uh, during the waves of immigration when you had people coming over to the city um, and and sort of um, moving themselves into enclaves of um, people who 
shared a similar background, primarily because of language barriers. So, you know, an, an Italian coming off of uh, the boat uh, would look for an Italian neighborhood as they try to figure out what this whole new place is all about. Um, you know, so you have Italians, you have Irish, you have all of these groups of people who are coming uh, into uh, New York City and are then kind of being um, sometimes subtly and sometimes not so subtly manipulated um, and, and really just uh, just trying to kind of use their own sort of fears and um, their own sort of uh, uh, isolation, if you will, um, to sort of manipulate them to political power. And that's what these political ward bosses would do um, in this era. They would kind of convince us, hey, I speak for you. You know, I get you guys. I'm with you. I'm for you. Um, and, you know, people uh, literally often because of the sort of limitations of the neighborhoods where they lived, um, their education level and the language barriers as they were struggling to learn the new language uh, of English, um, they really had very limited information that wasn't being filtered through these bosses, this kind of corrupt political machine that was actually seriously taking advantage of them uh, most of the time. And so who are you in this game? Are you the, the scrappy Irish immigrant? Are you, you know, the, the new Polish, you know, dock worker? No, 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 no. No, you're one of the bosses. You're one of the bad guys. You're one of the mean guys. <laughs> and you are trying to sort to of muscle in, man, <laughs> muscle in and, and control the city. Um, and so it is a game of uh, intrigues, influence, area majority at its most basic kind of level. Um, and it has some unique mechanisms that I haven't really seen in too many other games until actually just recently. I was reading a summary of a game. I'm, I don't even remember what, I think it was Forged in Steel, where somebody said that, like, this game uses a mechanism whereby uh, there's going to be elections during the game, and you are trying to become the mayor. And when you are the mayor, you then have to appoint your rivals to political offices. Um, in order to kind of make peace with them, placate them, etc., fully knowing that they want to stab you in the back as soon as they can. And so being the mayor is really valuable because it's going to help you win the game, but it really has no other power than that. Whereas these other political offices that you are forced to kind of give to your opponents if you win an election generally have some sort of interesting effect or ability or power that's going to make it difficult for you to continue to be the mayor. And so there's alliance building, there's treachery, there's all kinds of stuff going on in this game. So that's kind of like a, a general overview of the time and the place. Where are we? When are we? What are the basic goals? Adam, can you maybe talk a little bit about sort of just the general turn structure and, uh, you know, kind of how things work uh, in a little bit more detail so people will kind of understand where we're going with the rest of the conversation? Yeah, of course. It's, um, it is an incredibly simple game rules-wise. I think the rule book is just a couple of pages. Um, there's not much to it um, as far as that goes. Um, on your turn, um, you um, uh, can take two actions. You basically have two options. You can place a ward boss into a, um, into a district, uh, which will give you some political um, sway in the, over the immigrants in that district. Um, you can either do two ward bosses, or you can place a ward boss and help move um, an immigrant population from Castle Garden 
into a district. And if you do that, you're given one um, political favor token, which you will be able to use uh, later when we get to the elections. Um, and you really just kind of go around the table four times um, to start the game. Um, and then you have the first election that's supposed to represent, you know, the four year um, election cycle. Um, and then when you uh, when you get to the election, um, it's a blind bidding process. Uh, you start there's a specific order that you go around the board into all of the districts that have people in them. Um, and uh, for every uh, ward boss you have in that district, you get one vote. And um, depending on the immigrant population um, that's in that district, you can um bid against other people that are in that district um, with the political favor tokens that you acquired from moving these populations around. Um, and so, you know, so if there's a, if the Germans and the Irish are in a district, you can only use the political favor that you've garnered with Germans and Irish. If you've, if you have any sort of sway with the English or the Italians, um, it's not going to do you any good in that particular district. Um, and it's done through blind bidding, um, which a lot of people don't like. Um, I tend to like it a lot. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. People don't like that. Um, yeah, people don't, um, people don't like losing currency and getting nothing in return, it turns out. Um, but I think this is where the tension of the game really amps yeah, up. But what you get um, in return is the expression on their face. It's oh, delicious. It's, it's, it's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it's basically just, you know, you get one vote per dude you have in the district and you get one vote for every um, political favor token that you um, bid into it. And, um, and also something that I think some people have a hard time with this game is that if you tie, nobody gets anything. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it's you just, such you, a mean game. <laughs> and so you go around the board and, you know, this is where a lot of the, like the negotiation, the politicking that you kind of alluded to earlier comes into play. Cause you know, there's a lot of that. Okay. I'll give you this here. If you give me that over there and then neither one of us has to lose any uh, political favor. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. But um, you got to remember it's non-binding. <laughs> All agreements are non-binding. Exactly. So there's that, there's that, like, how much do I trust this guy? Do I actually bid? Cause I've got, you know, let's say I've got two ward bosses and he only has one. Is he going to put one in to kind of, you know, make it so nobody gets anything. He might put two in to try to steal the victory. Um, how much do I want to trust him? And so sometimes you can, you know, you end up throwing some of your political favor away and then you learn that the other guy's telling the truth. Um, and you just kind of threw something away because you just didn't know how honest they were going to be. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and then usually when they tell the truth, the next time you negotiate with them, there's that extra like, do I trust him? Cause I should have trusted him last time, but now he's probably expecting me to be more trusting and you get that total, um, princess bride. Um, right, right. Or, or <laughs> that kind I didn't of situation trust him last time. And now he's probably angry that I didn't trust him. So <laughs> that's going to make him more likely to stab me in the back this time. Um, so what should I do? And then like, you know, you stab him in the back and he was actually being honest again. And you're like, Oh my God, he or, thinks yeah. I'm the worst person ever now. You know, um, it, it is, it is a really, really 
um, interesting dynamic there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I'm going to let you go ahead and finish. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to tell a story that I think just totally sums up what you're talking about here with mm-hmm. the voting and the trust um, that, that was in my first play of Tammany Hall. But uh, uh, anyway, I, I don't want to digress yeah, too much. Sorry, anyway, go ahead. Too much into analysis. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, <laughs> that's the fun part of this game. So go um, right ahead. And then so um, once you can do all of the districts, um, you know, when uh, um, whoever wins just gets to leave one ward boss into that into that district. All other ward bosses are removed um, that, to kind of go into the next round. And then so um, first thing you do is you, you count up how many districts everybody has. Everybody gets one point per district they control, except for the Tammany Hall district, which awards two points. Um, and whoever has the most districts is mayor, which uh, you kind of got into this a little bit ago, which uh, gives you three points, um, but nothing else. And then you get to what I call you get the handout disadvantages <laughs> um, <laughs> and you hand out pretty powerful abilities to all of your opponents. And you have to go into the next election cycle with nothing special, um, which early in the game makes me think that mayor is almost a disadvantage. You get some points, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's giving your, your opponents um, um, some ability to, to get right back at you. And then you also count up um, all of the districts you control for each of the four um, immigrant um, populations, um, how many cubes you are um, you are controlling. And then um, so you kind of you, you go down and whoever has the most English um, gets three English political favor tokens because you have the immigrant majority. And this is a little nicer when it comes to ties. Um, both people get three or everybody that's tied gets three political favor. It's, it's not a um, nobody gets anything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the only other thing that um, uh, beyond the first round that really comes into play is the concept of slander. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so for uh, w- once per election cycle for the, for the, the three um, uh, for the three election cycles beyond the first. Oh yeah. Cause you do this four times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 16 turn game. Um, you can slander people, and, and um, so the way slander works is you you pick a district that you're um, you know with somebody else in, and you can pay a political favor token of one of the immigrant populations in that district and just remove their ward boss. And then if you're also in um, if you're in an adjacent district um, with that same person and that same immigrant population, you can pay two more political favor to remove a second person. Um, and so this really gets into, cause you got to kind of have slander protection for yourself. So that's when you start really kind of doubling up on your ward bosses, making sure you can't just be um, taken out of the really important ones. Um, and it just adds this whole extra level of, um, uh, tension to the game because at least in the games I've played, people don't tend to slander until that fourth turn, third or yeah. fourth turn. Right. They Wait let the board kind of gel a yeah. little bit and you know, you just, you don't know who to trust and you know, you just like with the elections, you can do the whole, if you slander that guy, you're going to really help me. Then I'll slander this guy for you, <laughs> that kind of thing. But you know, you don't want to do too many favors because you don't know what's going to really come back your way. And if I remember right, those slander tokens are victory points at the end of the game. So you yeah. really want to use them when they can really maximize yeah. it. 
Yeah, if you have any left over, they're worth a point apiece. I think the rule book says it, it, you're kind of rewarded for running a clean campaign. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, in the last game I played, I was the first player in the second round, and I completely forgot about it. <laughs> um, I don't know why. It just slipped my mind in that fourth turn, and, the, and the, the turn went on. But, I mean, it ended up being worth a point, and it was fine. But, um yeah, it's not something you can save up till the end of the game. You get one per um, election cycle, and if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for the overview of the game, uh, Adam, because uh, that that's a you know just a great way of sort of explaining uh, the mechanics of the game and the goals of the game all at the same time. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, these are the things that really do, though, make this game uh, wholly unique and uh, interesting. Um, the the slander, which of course is very thematic. Um, you know, you're spreading these, you know, vicious rumors, you know, getting somebody, um, kicked out of, uh, you know, their, their ward boss position. Um, you know, just the, the way that everything kind of gels and works, the influence with, uh, the different immigrant populations. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely, um, seamless. Um, and it's very, very easy to play. What's not easy are the decisions. And I really do agree with you 100% that really what it boils down to is that blind bid. So the first time that I ever played um, was at a convention, and uh, I was playing with a a guy that I uh, knew at the time, uh, Kurt. And Kurt, you know, right out the bat said that he wasn't really great at bidding games, but he was willing to give this a shot. And, And good for him because, you know, he was willing to try something new. And it was like the first election of the first turn you know the first election in the game and you know in the original edition of this your influence chips are are little um they're little wooden tokens little colored wooden tokens and we were in a district and i think it was the irish and the germans that were in the district and he and i had um you know we're competing for this particular ward and you know, I'm sitting there and I take all my chips into my hand and I didn't have a ton because <laughs> it's it's the first game and I put them below the table. And that's the way we decided we were going to do it. You know, put it below the table and then put into your other hand the ones you're going to actually bid. So I scoop mine into my hand. He scoops his into his hand. And he had he had really gotten himself during the course of the game a decent amount of, of Irish favor. Um, and so... I'm looking at this board and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, we're, we're, we're basically tied here. Um, I'm going to throw two. I'm going to throw two. I got like two influence ships. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's a couple other wards that I think I'm competitive in. And if it doesn't go my way, whatever. And every time we get ready to bid, Kurt's like, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, let me think. Let me think, you know, wait a minute. And, and I could just <laughs> see how, how like agonized the sweat, the sweat is, right? He's like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And finally I'm like, okay, listen, you know, let's put the hands out, put the hands out. And we put our fists out, you know, face down with the chips in. And then we kind of reveal and open our hands, right. As we turn our hand up. And so I'm like, are you ready? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, wait, wait. And then he goes back and he's like looking and I can see him counting and he's thinking, he's like, okay. And then finally he's like, all right, fine, whatever. And he puts his hand out and we go one, two, three, and he turns it up and he like every single chip he had, he threw, like he just, (laughs) he just splashed them all. Right. He splashed them all. And he's like, 
oh, and I'm like, well, congratulations, you won, right? But he's like, but now I have no influence left at all. And I'm like, right. And (laughs) I do. He knew. He's he's just like, he's like, I realized as soon as it happened that I completely screwed myself, probably for the entire game. And we were just like, that's the blind bid, my friends, you know? So um, it's it's one of those games that leads to those kind of moments where, like you said, those Princess Bride moments of like, (laughs) how much should I bid? How much do I think they're going to bid? Yeah, what do I the, think they're going to do? And then sometimes you just like fold under that pressure and like poor Kurt just like splash. He said he just vomited all of his Irish influence is how he put it. He's like, <laughs> all of his Irish influence in his hand. Oh. And he just lost it all. Oh, I mean, he man. used it all. He didn't lose, but like he used it all, which in this game is not a good thing. I mean, if you if you it's are out currency. of influence, <laughs> yeah, it's a very tight currency. So it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, in the last game that I played, um, I had this moment where it was we, me and my buddy John, we both had quite a bit of influence. It was a really important district for both of us because it was really going to factor in. Um, I was doing, I was, I had a lot of um, English and Italians and he had a lot of, I think, English and Germans. And there was all three things were in this district and it was very important for both of us. And it was one of the first ones at the election too. And I just, you know, it was really, I think he, he, if we both bid everything, he would have beaten me by one. And I think like he had like, he could have gotten his votes up to 12 and I could have gotten mine up to 11. Um, something like that. And I was just like, you know, I, we're not going to politic at all. If you want to beat me, if you want to guarantee that you're going to beat me, bid everything. And then we just kind of looked at each other (laughs) and (laughs) I ended up beating him. I think like seven to six, like I just, he, I put in a little, cause you know, when you say something like that, you know, you, I'm, I was trying to kind of imply that I'm, I'm you were, kind of you gaming you. Yeah, I'm you gaming you to go all in and I'm going to do very little and you're going to get this, but you know, you're going to be crippled in, in your favor. And I'm going to go through the rest of this election cycle with a lot. Um, but I ended up putting roughly half and he did a little less than that. And it was just this, this one of the most tense moments that I've had in a very long time in gaming where it's just, we're not, negotiating <laughs> we're not politicking <laughs> just let's go for it let's yep, see yep. who comes out on top oh i love this game so many good stories <laughs> come out of this thing my favorite story to come out of this game is um i got myself in the position fairly early on where i got the mayor and i didn't want it and any mm-hmm. in this game especially if you're ahead you're just the bullseye and people are just going to smack you down as hard as possible because you're the target mm-hmm. so i've managed to get myself in a position ahead and everyone's beating me down, but especially one person who I won't name, but he knows who he is. <laughs> and he just, he just annihilated me. And like the, I was like, I went from like first place to last place. So later on in the game, I would get into this uh, spot where I really, really wanted it. And he really wanted it. And it was, I think it was Tammany Hawks. That's the one that's like worth more victory points at the end of the game. I believe <laughs> it was that middle one. Yeah. So he like goes on, he's like, starts talking. He starts wheeling and dealing for five minutes. I'm just staring at him. Like, like I'm really into it. Like, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of it, he, he's quiet. He goes, what do you think? And I just look him straight in the face and say, I just want to let you know, it didn't matter what you say. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really entertaining to hear. If you want to try again, uh, the answer is still no. 
No, but no, 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 we no, no. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what you offer me, the answer is no. (laughs) It was was so funny because it was like he was wheeling and dealing, getting everyone involved. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, No, no matter what you said, the answer is going to be no anyway. Just, I just wanted to hear you yak. (laughs) It was cute. That's so funny. Yeah, it's one of those. I I listened to your archipelago. uh, podcast uh, the, uh, from last week, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you guys talked a bit about um, when the game kind of comes above the table. Yeah, and um, I feel like I've I've not played a game where that just happens so quickly. You know, like the rules are so easy to wrap your head around, and you just get in those moments like immediately, even in your first game where you're just you're playing the players. You know, um, uh, very very quickly in this one, and it's just. Uh, one of my favorite parts about it. Yeah, there's no doubt that it's it's one of those above the uh, above the table kind of a games for sure. Um, and so much of the game really is, I think, player driven. You know, it, it really is uh, dependent upon the people that you have at the table because you have to have people at the table who are going to be OK with the kind of aggression that's in the game. Uh, and the backstabbing that's in the game. And, you know, you, you, you can't really play with, you know, people who are going to get too upset by that because that's part and parcel of this game. Would you agree with that, TC? Absolutely. This is one of those games where, uh, you know, I, I really hate to say this, but it's kind of like Cosmic Encounter in a lot of ways where, like I say, it just disappears and you're playing each other. But if you no, explain... Don't say that. You're killing me. <laughs> you explain, well, and there's, there's like Dune slash Rex does that. There's, but there's very few games that do that, and Archipelago being one of them. But if you go into this game and tell people, okay, we are playing douchebag politicians. We are the nastiest politicians out there, and that's who we're playing. So just put yourself in that role and you'll be fine. And don't take it personally because politics, you never take, it's all politics, baby. Right. It's all <laughs> politics. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's really great because one of the things I really enjoy about this game is that if there's any rules questions. You just point to the board. The rule book is literally printed on the board. On it's this. amazing. It's yes. like, there's a question. It's right there. It's the only game I know of that does that. And that's, what's great. It's like, there's a rules question. Look at the board. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and that's one of the things that gives, at that Wallace feel because, you know, especially Martin Wallace's early games, you know, there wasn't a a track that he didn't like, you know, I mean, his boards are always full of these like little tracks and little, little spots where you put more text and rule summaries and things like that. So yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's, it's a game that um, has almost no overhead once you go through the first round, you know, of uh, putting, you know, who are the new immigrants going to be, um, you know, down at, uh, you know, Castle Garden. Um, you know, everybody's sort of taking their actions, uh, you know, and then moving on to the next year and then having your elections. I mean, it's a really straightforward game. Yeah, the, um, most, the most complicated rule that everyone has trouble with is slander. That's it. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, slander is the only kind of uh, thing that that can be a little bit tricky, but, you know, it really isn't. And slander is kind of like for those, you know, at least I think it's for those surgical strike moments in the game where, you know, one little shift in power, you know, is going to be extremely important for you. And And that's when you use the slander. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, it's really important to do it because turn order, I don't think we mentioned it, is huge in this game. Turn order is humongous in this game because you want to do that slander when the other person can't react to it towards the mm-hmm. end of the turn. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, yeah that's another like, reason people tend to wait on that. Yeah. Yeah. So you really want retaliation. To, <laughs> you really want to execute that when someone can't retaliate against it, and yeah, and if you can manipulate that turn order in your yeah. favor, and you're going after someone, you can really just there's the bus. <laughs> yeah, and that's one more disadvantage to becoming mayor, and why you might, you know, first half of the game, I actively avoid. Um, yeah, I'm try. I really don't want to be mayor in the first two elections because you're also first player. Um, and so in that that fourth round of the next um, election cycle, you know, if people have their slander tokens, you are just sweating. Yeah, and you're just like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and there's definitely sweat in this game because, you know, there's there's so many things that can change the outcomes. There's always like a constant tension there um, that I don't feel in too many other games. I mean, I feel it in games like El Grande where there's just constant tension Mm -hmm. over, you know, what kind what's going to happen? Is he going to pull a mobile scoreboard on me? I'll bet she's going to pull a mobile scoreboard. There's the mobile scoreboard. Dang it. You know, now he's made my whole area worthless and his amazing or, you know, it's just always just one little change can just make such a huge difference. You know, um, I have all of this uh, Irish influence. And uh, isn't there an action? I'm trying to remember because I haven't played it in a little while, Adam. Isn't there an action where you can like actually move cubes out of districts and move them around on the board? There's a couple of of the um, of the, the, the political office. Yeah, right? the, the chief office. of police gets to gets to remove people, remove immigrant cubes from the board. Um, and someone then gets to lock one down. Yeah, and yeah, then the yeah. council president gets to lock up a district so that basically nothing can come in or out. Um, so really, if you if you are maybe by yourself in an important district, you can lock it down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if for some reason, um, you know, you have a major advantage there or maybe it's the first round and you have the only ward boss there, you know, you could lock it down and, and, and then nobody can do anything about it. Um, and then there's another person that lets you shift immigrant populations That's rather than remove them, yep, where yep. that one's really good for either, you know, um, if you're fighting over a district and you don't have German German um, uh, chips, but your opponent does, you can just move them over to the thing where they, you know, over to a uh, adjacent district where maybe that person's not actually interested and just kind of shift them around. Or, you know, if you need the English in a certain spot, you can move the English on in there and, um, and kind of turn on your political favor, so to speak. Right, right. And, and, and I've also seen it used um, in the way that I was kind of describing, which is, all right, I've got all this Irish influence and there's some Irish immigrants in this ward and my opponent knows it. So they take that action and they move the Irish out. So yep. now all that influence I have is it's no good nothing. to me because I can't use it in a ward that doesn't have any Irish in it. So, yeah. you know, I've seen it used in so many ways. And again, this is more of what I'm talking about of the um, subtle things that can change it's it's a very volatile game and so you never really feel very comfortable about anything and that's what leads to that sweat you know the constant just you know tension and nervousness because there really is always a feeling that you're one step away from total just disaster (laughs) um 
and and I mean that's what kind of can make it fun. Um, you know, at least well, to that's me. The appeal of the game. I mean, you're one step away from destruction. That's that's a political lifestyle, man. That's being a politician. You don't know what's going to happen. You're going to sink your whole career. You know. <laughs> yeah, this is one. Like I would describe this game that's fun to lose. <laughs> um, like even the games that I haven't performed particularly well, I still had a blast. I just just the the tension and the interaction and you know sometimes you, you know sometimes you win sometimes you lose and um you know the the person the last game that ended up coming in last said he still had a great great time and you know not everyone's going to respond like that um i'm i'm sure these these games have ended in hurt feelings uh, <laughs> um in different groups but yeah, absolutely uh, games who uh, people would never touch it again after it but the people who yeah. do like it seem to really enjoy it and then half the fun of the game is even if you're not winning it just watching other people just go at it is just entertainment in and of itself to be honest oh, it's great that's very true i mean just and and also sometimes being that puppet master you know being the person who again you know i'm going to go back to my earlier example um you know let's say i know you have a ton of german influence and um there's no german influence in this ward where TC is, but I just push a couple German cubes over there into that district yeah. and say, you guys have fun now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, it's that's like, the thing I love the most about that. You're <laughs> like, you, you have no interest in it, but I'm going to move that in there now. You two are going to fight and spin your influence earlier in the turn. So when it comes later to my turn and I get this district, you're going to be spent on your influence to spend or your mm-hmm, cubes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, it's going to be easier mm-hmm. for me to take it over. So have fun guys. <laughs> yeah. I like it when yeah. you, yeah, being able to just mess with, you know, districts that you have no interest in. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a large reason why some people don't like this game. They don't like the unpredictability. They like to plan their moves ahead of time and not be messed with. But when you do something just to mess with someone for no good reason that they can see that I've seen a lot of people just turn on a dime on that. Like, why'd you do that? Why you don't like me? I don't, that's not part. I'm just, just lose their mind. I'm like, yes, uh, part yes. of the game. It's okay. In fact, yeah. there was a game I played where I knew the two people at the table personality wise, and I knew they didn't like each other anyway. So I set them up against each other and I won the oh, game. Nice. No, you're evil. It's not nice at all. Um, yeah. Great strategy, but not nice at all. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is and, and, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, and I was curious what you guys had to say about it, too, is that, you know, I've only played diplomacy a few times. OK, um, and it was much earlier when I was much younger. And I remember, you know, of course, people you know talk about diplomacy being this game that is legendary for ending friendships. You know, people just get stabbed in the back by someone that they trusted and, you know, it's it's such a long game and intense game that people just get really really up you know upset and uptight about it here's my question i kind of feel like tammany hall is a perfect distillation of diplomacy in a lot of ways in that it gives me a lot of the same feel there's a lot of that in your face interaction and yet it's like a perfect playtime like it this this game never outstays its welcome. There are times when I wish there was going to be one more year and one more election cycle, but I've never played a game where I'm sitting there, even when I'm losing, even when I'm losing badly. There's never been a game where I'm sitting there saying, uh, I just want this to be over. 
Um, what do you guys think about, first of all, the comparison to um, uh, diplomacy, and secondly, about the uh, playtime, the length of this game? Um, so let's start first with uh, Adam. Well, I've never played diplomacy. Um, I really only know it by its reputation, and it has a very similar reputation, obviously, um, to what we're talking about. Um, so I can't really say in the specifics, um, but as but um, as far as the playtime goes, I agree with you. It is like just the perfect medium weight, um, medium weight game length. It's you know like an hour and a half. You um, have all sorts of, uh, and you're active the entire hour and a half because turns don't take long. Turns zip around the table really quick. Um, you're never there's very little downtime in this game. Um, it doesn't, and I just agree with you. It, um, it doesn't outstay it's welcome. It's kind of the perfect length for me. What would you say TC? Uh, well, it's definitely shorter than diplomacy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and diplomacy, my biggest problem with diplomacy is it's linked in, a lot of like many people can gang up on one and just kick someone out. And that's why I have a problem with this. one. I think there's more going on in Tammany hall to prevent that type of thing from happening. Because if like you, everybody can kind of go against one person, but then everyone else is going, well, why and what's going on? And there's more districts in play. And there's, you know, that bidding there's, a, I think all that kind of balances out and it's a much, much, much shorter game. And so it's easier for me to play a shorter game and get crushed and enjoy it then have that be like a whole day experience and be like okay i'm out you guys have fun you know so, yeah it's that type of thing mm-hmm. right like i think because of how the game works and because of how the influence works i feel like no one ever really becomes truly irrelevant in this game which is something that can happen in diplomacy yeah um and and you know i've talked about this concept before uh on the podcast you know this idea of uh, player irrelevance where you know you you know you're not going to win and you feel like you know you have no shot and nothing that you do really matters and so that's the way that people disengage with the game whereas in this game you really can be um, relevant no matter what your position on the score track is now that being said a criticism that's been leveled at the game is that the game has a lot of uh, I, I guess you would say king making um, would you agree with that um, yeah, I mean, somebody does have that possibility. Um, but to me, it's, 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 you know, when you make some sort of backstabby, treacherous move, um, even if it vaults you way ahead, <laughs> um, you've now made someone angry. Um, and you have to, and, and like that player, you know, if you've um, horribly crippled them, is in a king making position. Um, but you've, you've, you've put the kingmaker mad at you <laughs> and you have to kind of keep, keep that in mind when you are considering um, being dishonest um, kind of who you're, who you're upsetting and what they can do back to you. Um, I mean, in a game like this, you know, there is a possibility for someone to just kind of be the, the wild card and just kind of do random things. And that's unfortunate. And that would be annoying to me. Um, uh, but to me, if somebody's in a kingmaker position and um, somebody has actively screwed them into that position, then that person needs to beware. And that person needed to consider that when they screwed them over. Now, I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. No, no, no. It, it makes total sense. Um, what, what would be your reaction, TC? 
Well, the game's short enough, so even if there is a kingmaker situation, that's fine. I mean, I can see someone getting really hurt in this game and going, fine, I don't care. I'm, I'm just going to make sure this other person wins and I don't care. That's fine. You just don't play with that person again, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> but eh, I, I guess most games can have a kingmaker. I just This game is all about if you let someone do that, get that far ahead, and you know, and then everybody else goes after them, you have to be in a situation to go, okay, all these people are going to help me take them down, but I don't want to do it all by myself and I want to do it so much that I'm going to let these other people get far ahead. I think there's a balance there in that, but I can see the complaint. It can definitely be there because if you're not invested in the game, then you can throw it. That's true. And that also brings up, you know, you, you brought it up just a second ago there, TC. One of the other criticisms that I've seen uh, leveled at the game is that there can be a runaway leader problem where somebody gets so far ahead that um, there's very little realistic chance for anybody to catch up. Now, I find this kind of thing fascinating, uh, to be honest with you, because I uh, have over time come to the opinion that games like this where there are not any sort of catch-up mechanisms there's there's not any kind of design or way to keep other players in the game i look at that nowadays much more as a feature than a flaw like i enjoy the fact that the game demands that the players don't let somebody do that um, and it sort of, again, leads to more interactive kind of games. Other people, however, see this as a serious flaw and think that, um, you know, any game that where there is a potential for a runaway leader, there's a problem with the design. Um, I think we've all played this game enough to know and to have seen a runaway leader. And if you're working with a table that refuses to work together to pull that person back in, as we've already discussed, um, then you're really just playing for second place. Um, Do you guys think, I mean, what do you think? Is this a feature or a flaw in the game and in general uh, with these style of games? I haven't had that problem with this one because I think the catch-up mechanism is the political offices. Um, The person that's being awarded with points is handing out the catch-up mechanism to their opponents. Um, I haven't had that problem with this one. Um, maybe, I mean, it might just be a group-dependent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've always found the table to regulate itself pretty well. What do you think, TC? Well, I can see the, uh, the political offices being a uh, way to catch up. But then again, you can just hand it out, you know, like, well, you're going to give me? Fine, I'll just give you whatever you want. For me, catch-up mechanisms, I, I don't care. I mean... I guess it depends on the length of the game. But again, again, I played an 18XX game where I was out like round one and I still enjoyed playing and there is no way I could catch up on that beast. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I don't know. I did. I don't, I don't find a game being negative. There's no way to catch up for me. If I play a game and I get smoked that hard, that makes me angry enough to play the game again and again and again. And that happened with Arkwright where I got skunked so bad in Arkwright that I went out and bought it, read the rule book <laughs> and played it and played it and played it. So I guess that's kind of a feature for me. If I get absolutely trounced in the game, I'm going to figure this thing out and where I went wrong. Right, right. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, they, it's almost like a challenge, yeah. a personal challenge. You know, I'm not going to let myself get smacked around that badly again. Um, but yeah, all right. So uh, I, I'm sorry if I kind of put words in your mouth there, Adam. I, I've experienced oh, that kind all. of runaway leader thing um, at a table. And 
I, you know, I've read about that as as being an issue. And I do get what you're saying that, you know, the person who wins the election is then handing out these political offices. But um, I think with clever play and after you've played the game a while, you match the person to the office, you know, like, I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but it's like I can look at the position that my rivals are in. And yes, I'm going to give them an office. And yes, it's going to be helpful, but I'm going to pick the one that's least helpful for them. You, you see what I'm saying? Oh, um, of course, of course. And and so this way I can kind of mitigate the fact that I'm giving them some advantages. Um, and, and so I found that if you are in the lead and if you're winning a lot of wards and you're you're garnering a lot of influence, it's going to be very hard to stop that person unless the table kind of plays smart and works together. And there are some people who just don't like to do that or, or can't do it. And so that's where that problem was coming from that, you know, I saw. Um, now, uh, one of the questions that we got on the geek here um, was from uh, Chris K. Um, and he posted a question saying he's only played this a few times, but in his experience, he felt the first half of the game was a little underwhelming and, you know, nobody wanted to, you know, get into conflict because they were trying to save up their influence. And really it was only the last couple of elections or two that were really interesting and fun. Um, he wanted to know what our thoughts were about that. I mean, the game definitely ratchets up as it goes along. Um, but I, you, you know, the first two elections are definitely about putting yourself in a, in a, in a good position. Um, uh, but I don't know, it's, um, you're, you're really competing over those immigrant majorities. Um, cause that's the, the, the best source of, um, political favor tokens. And so that's where I feel the tension in the first couple elections as you're trying to math out, um, how do you get in on, cause if you can get multiple uh, majorities, um, you are putting yourself in a pretty awesome position. And yeah, it's, it's less tense than getting toward the end when everybody really wants to start, you know, cause if you don't get mayor, um, at all, you're going to have a really hard time winning the game, but you also don't want mayor early. <laughs> um, right, right. Um, so the, 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 the last two election cycles are definitely more tense and more interesting, but I don't find the first two uninteresting. Yeah. The first two rounds is positioning, figuring out where you want to go, how you want to do it, see how everybody's going. It's like, it's seeing where everything falls out because where that goes, that determines how everything ratches up in the later courses of the game. So the first few rounds for me is like just seeing where he wants to go here. You kind of feel people out to see what they really want, what they don't and what they kind of do. And then it gives you enough time to fill that map out and everything and how people are playing. So it, when it does crank up, you can just hit it running. Yeah, I kind of feel like the first couple rounds, uh, I agree with you, Adam, is kind of setting the groundwork, you know, trying to kind of um, stake your sort of initial positions and see where everybody else is kind of leaning and trying to get yourself into some wards with limited competition and deciding which ones you're going to fight over. I mean, you can't fight over every ward. It's just not going to happen. Nope. So you have to kind of pick and choose your battlegrounds. And a lot of times that also involves picking and choosing the person that you want to kind of be in conflict with, you know, who is the person that I think I can negotiate with 
Um, who's the person that I think I can maybe bully a little bit, you know? Um, who's the person that I've played these games with before that I can just sort of talk at them? You know, like I can, I can, I'm just, I can talk at them until they basically are willing to go along with what I say because, uh, you know, I, I can kind of do that. Um, there are people that, you know, I've played with, like, I can guarantee you my wife is going to go after me. That's just the way she is. There's <laughs> awesome. no point. Sounds familiar. Sounds yeah, familiar. I mean, there's yeah. no point in me trying to, you know, mess around with her. She's not going to negotiate with me. If she has the chance to, to stab me in the back, she's going to take it. Um, but she's not overly aggressive herself. You know, she really isn't. Um, she won't you know, she won't go out of her way, but she's not going to do anything to protect me. And she's sure not going to negotiate with me. Um, and so that's kind of like, you know, once you know the players, then like you said, at the very start of the episode, it becomes above the table. I'm really playing the players more than anything else. Um, and that's one of the things that I find so memorable about the game is, and, and also so fascinating about the game when I'm playing with new people that I don't know, because then I'm trying to figure them out. Then you um, find out that you found things about him you didn't know you knew, did you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I've never played with strangers before, and it sounds intriguing, but I'd be, <laughs> you know, I'd be a little nervous. It almost requires a football helmet. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. It is. It's really interesting because all of these things that I'm talking about right now, I think, um, I, I, I think a lot of players of this game do. You know, they they play the players. You know, they they will pick at the weaknesses of of, you know, some of the players that they know and they're familiar with, um, and they will, you know, try to ally themselves with uh, somebody that they think is going to be open to it. Um, and they'll try to stay out of the way of people that they know they're not going to really be able to work with in any kind of productive way. Um, so there, there's always this kind of, um, sizing up of your opponents in Tammany hall. And, uh, you know, when you're playing with strangers, it's really fascinating because then you're almost like playing a psychology game. Like you're trying to read body language. Um, you know, you're, you're reading a lot into their initial moves and how they're interacting with you, with each other. And it almost becomes this like really interesting sort of like mind game in the same way that werewolf can be like a mind game yeah, where a- you're, you know, you're, you're dealing with all these strangers, right? TC, and you're trying to kind of read them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's another reason why a lot of people don't like this game is they don't like being under that type of pressure where they're like, well, people know me as a person. They know that they can do this. They can exploit me as a person to win the game. And I can understand that how people wouldn't like that in the game, but for people like me and my group, we love that, you know? So, you know, the, I can see why people don't like being under that type of scrutiny, especially in a board game where you're just trying to play for fun. <laughs> that is fun, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's fun, but there's people out there who don't, and I played with them. That's true. Yeah, for, for my group, it's um, there's a couple guys in the group that find this game to be a very mood-dependent game. Um, they are they're only up for it if they're in a very specific mood, and that doesn't happen all that often. <laughs> um, like... Um, I didn't know it at the time, but you know, when we, when I tried to play the, the, the preparatory game for this podcast, um, one guy didn't show up cause he just, you know, had a bad week at work and just couldn't handle it. <laughs> didn't want it, didn't want anything to do with it. Um, and like, I, I love it. I would be exhausted to play a game like this too often, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of guys in my group, um, 
it's not very often that they really want to get into something like this. That's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. Do you find that the same thing is true, TC? Is this a a game that you have to be in the mood for? Because there are games like that in my collection. You just have to make sure everyone's in the mood to play it. And if you you just got to make sure, like again, this game's entirely dependent on the group and you got to really be sure to make sure they know what type of game it is and let them be willing. So yeah, I always make sure that, you know, Hey, we're going to play this. And if I hear like, "Eh, I don't know, I'm like, okay, we're not doing it because this could derail in a bad way. (laughs) Yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. What is it that you think makes games um, mood dependent? Is it, it just the, the, the interaction or the, the negative interaction? What do you think it is? I just think, again, like I went back to, it's like you can really manipulate a person based on their personality to play a certain way in this game, you know? And so you just got to be, it, it, you know, it's just a personal thing, I think. Yeah, it's just um, like I, I think in this particular instance is, you know, like some people can find games like this just exhausting, <laughs> Um, where, you know, there's kind of a time and a place for everything. Um, I am usually down to, to, um, get something like this onto the table, but you know, there are nights that I'd rather just get out all creatures, big and small and just kind of relax with it. Or, you know, like Bruges where, yeah, we're just kind of drawing some cards and playing a thing and we'll see who does it best. But, um, it's more of a relaxing experience for me. Um, you know, we're both kind of multiplayer solitaire and, um, you know, just kind of um, seeing who solves a puzzle the best rather than who can slander each other out of an area. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> there's, there's time and a place for Fuji flesh, I agree. <laughs> there's absolutely. Yeah, I, a I find that's that. true with a lot of like social deduction or like those kind of improv games like Fun Employed. I have had fun with Fun Employed before, but I am not in a mood to play it very often. Um, you know, most of the time I'll, I will politely decline. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out, I mean, and that's an interesting example you brought up there because that is, that's those social deduction games um, are games where once again, now I haven't played fun employment, but I've played, you know, werewolf and uh, mafia de Cuba and uh, you know, all of those types of games, uh, dark moon, um, uh, Battlestar. Uh, any kind of you know social deduction game or traitor mm-hmm. game, and I think like what makes those games mood games. Um, like my wife, uh, a lot of times she does not like to play those games because she's like, you know, geez, I end up feeling like I'm sitting here listening to a bunch of people argue, <laughs> and I already listen. You know, like I already live in a house with three children, and you know, uh, listen to them bicker and argue and. You know, I, I don't want to play listening to people argue um, and accuse each other. And um, and I'm wondering if that might have something to do with it. It's it's that sort of negotiating, like negotiating kind of games, those games where there's a lot of back and forth, I think can be somewhat exhausting. Um, you know, I, I think of another example of this uh, on the heavy side is like dominant species. That to me, that's that's a mood game for me. Like I have to be prepared like emotionally and mentally for dominant species. That game is brutal. That is, it's mean. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that's another game that I think has a little bit of that as well, but that's more on the sort of brain burn side <laughs> rather than the argumentative side. 
So I'm trying to figure out like the common threads here. And so what I'm seeing if from my recollections and from what we're talking about is games that involve a lot of negotiation and games that are quote unquote mean seem to be mood games. Um, can you guys uh, see if, I mean, search your memories. Do you find that those are common threads or no? Well, it's funny. She mentioned dominant species. Cause if I had to do a top 10 mean games of all time, dominant species and Tammany hall would be up there. And yeah, and mood games are just games you just, for me, you have to prepare yourself to go in and just realize that we're going to be at each other's throats in this game. And we're just going to be hammering each other all the time and be in the, be in a position to be able to take that and not hold it personally. Right. So yeah, that's where I, I sit with that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, to me, I don't know, like, I mean, there's a specific mood for, I mean, you know, there are the games that I will get out pretty much any time. Um, but not necessarily just the, the highly interactive ones. Cause I mean, there are times that, you know, I don't want to just sit and solve a Euro puzzle and I'd much rather get at each other a little bit, you know, um, if, if I haven't done that kind of thing for a while, um, you know, like I said, there's kind of like, I, I just kind of think there's a time and a place for everything. And I have tried to build my collection so that I can match, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, most situations. Yeah. Here, here you <laughs> um, on the wall here. Here's a game. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Try, you try to curate that. Um, but when it comes to like the social deduction and the, the, the arguing and the negotiation games, um, yeah, I would say that they're probably a little bit more often mood dependent and um, not, I don't know many people that would just break out Tammany anytime, anywhere kind of thing. Um, you got, you know, you've got to be able to, to, to read the situation a little more. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think I agree. I think I agree. Um, I'd be curious what people in the guild would have to say about this idea, you know, about uh, what makes a game kind of mood dependent and uh, what doesn't. I mean, I've heard people talk about heaviness as being something that is mood dependent. You know, uh, if I know a game's going to be super heavy or super long, um, you know, mm, I'm not going to play that um, on a Friday night because as you talked about with your friends, you know, Hey, you know, he had a long week at work. It was a tough week at work. And the last thing he wants to do is play a game that yeah. feels like work, you know, <laughs> or I spent the week arguing with my boss over, you know, this sales pitch that we're going to be doing next week and listening to all of these people telling me, you know, what's right when I know what's right. Cause I'm the one that goes out and meets with the customer and this is just ridiculous. And so, no, I'm not in the mood to play play a game where I'm going to argue with people and negotiate, you know, I can mm-hmm. totally get that um, and, and totally understand that. So, um, but I, I am kind of curious to pick at that thread a little bit. So I appreciate you guys uh, going along with that. Um, what about so, additions? I'm going to talk about the additions of the game. That was another question in the guild. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. But I don't, I can't speak about it guys, to be honest with you. I'm hoping one of you two can, because I have the Stratamax edition and that's all I have. Yeah. Uh, TC, you want to take point on this? Yeah. Well, um, do you have, does anybody have the IDW edition? Uh, my buddy yeah. does. Um, okay. from, from, from what I understand, um, uh, I've got the Pandasaurus, um, yeah. edition. And from what I understand, the only real difference between the IDW and the Pandasaurus is box size. Okay. Um, components are pretty much identical. Um, the, the IDW box size is more of like, you know, if, if you like the box for Mombasa or um, it, it's like it's the deeper square, I yeah. guess is a way of putting it, where the, the Pandasaurus is a much shallower box, which yes. for people that 
prized shelf space. I much prefer, um, I'd rather, it's, it's, it's just a little bit deeper than like the Concordia, you know, the Concordia is known for having a very shallow box as well. Um, but yeah, I, I prefer the, the Pandasaurus edition for that reason, just cause it just occupies less, less space on my shelf. Yeah. The additions as I know, uh, understand is that there was a Stratomax edition, then it went out of print, then Pandasaurus did a Kickstarter reprint and that went, and then IDW and Panamax got together and made their own company. And then there is that reprint. And my concern is some IDW games I got, the components are complete garbage. Kill Shakespeare was awful. The first expansion I got to Machi Koro, the cards were different sizes, so you could oh, shuffle yeah. them together. And I was really curious if the IDW had that type of uh, production problem. Um, not that I, I mean, I haven't heard any complaints from my friend that owns it. Um, I've only ever played my copy, um, but I haven't heard any specific complaints, at least about his individual <laughs> copy. Um, uh, so I, I, can't, I can't really speak to that too well. Okay. Well, I need something to buy the game. I may pick up the IDW and uh, I may have a blurb in a future podcast, either letting you guys know about it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd appreciate that because I think that's the version that's kind of out there. Yeah, that's um, the only one that's that, available. Yeah, it's the only one that's available at uh, at this time. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the components are an interesting thing in this game because I think both the Pandasaurus and the IDW attempted to, you know, upgrade the components with little meeples that look like little dudes wearing top hats and this and that. Actually, I really prefer the original um, artwork uh, and the, uh, the, not artwork, the original components in the Stratamax, uh, which use these little, um, little tokens that look like uh, somebody's head and shoulders. Um, they almost look like exactly the same ones that uh, Martin Wallace used in First Train to Nuremberg. Um, uh. And, and uh, Last Train to Wesleydale, I think, was the original, and then it was reprinted as First Train to Nuremberg. And they're, they're kind of like they sit up, you know, so you can see them, but they're kind of low profile, and it's easy to kind of um, almost like put them together um, so that they don't take up as much space. And, um, at a glance, like I can kind of read them a little better, um, than this board that's kind of cluttered with all these little dudes standing around. Um, so I kind of prefer the ward boss pieces in the original version. And I like, you know, I like the discs, um, you know, the wood discs and the feel of those, um, they have some weight, you know, uh, in my hand, I definitely like those. So I don't know. I, I, I never got one of the newer editions because I was so happy with the, the original edition. I didn't see the point in it. Um, so I hope that answers, um, you know, the user's uh, question there on BGG uh, in the guild. I, I think that was the, the same guy who asked that question, right, TC? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, let me pull up his name. Yeah. It's a uh, geez. It's Chris K and I'm trying to read his avatar name and it's really sad because my eyes have gotten to the point Adora. where i can't read it that's my thank you okay because i can't read it <laughs> so thank you, you Ghidorah. Do? yes um and and thank you for participating you know we we uh, uh one of the things that we're trying to do uh more is is post these episode discussion threads so that if people have questions that they want to have answered um we can ask our you know our special guest and say hey you know what do you think of this so um i appreciate him writing in um 
you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the game. We've, uh, you know, you did a great job, Adam, of describing how it's played. We've talked about the interaction, the sort of um, general character of the game, uh, looked at a couple of criticisms of the game. Is there anything else that you kind of wanted to highlight, Adam, before we kind of draw this to a close? Uh, we hit kind of all of the, um, uh, the bases that, uh, um, I wanted to point out, you know, I, I like that. I, I love that TC pointed out how awesome the board is, uh, um, <laughs> that it, uh, it, it has the entire rule book on it. Um, something that I was uh, meaning to point out. So thank you for doing that. Um, um, but yeah, I think we hit pretty much every point that I had wanted to talk about. Thank you. Not a problem at all. Fantastic. And, uh, are we in agreement? We alluded to it earlier. Are we in agreement that this really should be a four to five player game only, or does anybody want to disagree with that? I agree with that because, you know, to play with less people, I think you just take certain districts out to try to comp to make do with less players i think it should be played with five just it's just designed that way in my opinion yeah i'll agree that the three player experience isn't super great you have that normal area control problem of if players a and b are um fighting it's really player c who wins um which um you get just more interesting interaction when you get more people um however if your group is a little on the ap side i would probably recommend a four player game um because the board can shift and it's a little chaotic um if you have ap pr- prone players um five player games might be a little overwhelming yeah that's definitely um good advice because we did allude to that also in the beginning that um, this is a game that people can kind of agonize over their decisions, especially as you're going through um, the election process and you're deciding on how much, if, if any, of your influence you want to spend. Uh, this can be hugely important. Um, and so it can be a decision that people will really honestly have to spend a lot of time thinking about Mm -hmm. and uh, it can lead to uh, quite a bit of AP. So uh, thanks for kind of reminding us of that, Adam, because it is one of the things that can, uh, you know, influence the game. While we say there really isn't any downtime, the game plays really smoothly. uh, It does slow down in that, you know, third and fourth election, because boy, you know, it gets more and more important uh, and more and more cutthroat as the game goes on. Um, and so, yeah, this, this is definitely one that maybe on your first play in particular, you might want to try it with four. And then if you've got a group that uh, doesn't suffer from a lot of AP, then ratchet it up to five and maybe keep it there, you know? Um, so uh, I, I think that would definitely be good advice for, um, you know, people who are, uh, you know, new to the game, perhaps, uh, do you have any sort of, uh, while we're talking about new player advice, uh, do you have any new player advice, Adam, for someone who's approaching this game for the first time that you might want to share? Well, I, I would always, I would always just tell somebody to know what you're getting yourself into, <laughs> with, with games like this more than, um, more than others. Um, but if you've listened to this podcast, I feel like we, I, hopefully, um, you have a pretty clear idea what you're, what you're getting yourself into. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not something to, to throw around kind of willy nilly. Um, you want to make sure that it fits the moment. Um, um, and really just kind of understand uh, what you're about to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Just understand what you're getting yourself in for, right? Yep. Yeah, I would definitely say you need to try this at least once because it's an experience. Good or bad, it will be an experience. And my biggest recommendation is you take your feelings, 
you put them on a coat hanger and you put it in the closet and you just <laughs> file that away and you don't take anything personally and you just let yourself rip on this game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would say that's definitely the way to think about it because uh, it, it does have that potential uh, to ruffle some feathers. Uh, that's for sure. I've seen that happen and I've had that happen and I felt that myself. So I know all of these things are indeed true. So, um, and you know, again, for me, for general strategy advice, I would just advise players to, Never really think that you're going to be able to be competitive in all the districts, um, but try to be in there. You know, if you can be in there in some way, and what I mean by in there isn't even so much award boss, but just having influence with the immigrant population that's there, that makes you a wild card. And if, if people notice that I've got a lot of Italian influence that I've built up and I haven't really spent it, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I throw in one little ward boss and they're thinking, what is he doing? You know, he's ignored this ward his entire time. Oh, there's a lot of Italians here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this going to be a big power play? You know, and then you mm-hmm. really can mess with the other players. And maybe, awesome. you, maybe you are intending to go in there and take it over at a crucial moment, or maybe you're just going to make them spend a lot of their influence which is what tc alluded to earlier in the game and they you're just going to be like hey all i did was put a ward boss you know what's the big deal you know <laughs> I, I i i told you i i didn't have any designs in in that ward uh, yeah I, i'm a man of my word um and they're like well then why did you put it in there eh, I, I gotta put them somewhere so why not there, you know, and they're like, oh, you, you, you dirty rat. So you get a lot of that in this game. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. that could be a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, definitely, as, as TC said, try it. Um, you know, I don't think uh, you'll regret trying it. It might not end up being your favorite, yeah. but boy, it's going to be memorable. So yeah, you remember playing it. <laughs> and and jeff kind of the inverse of what you were saying is true as well where you can't be everywhere um but you also want to be careful not to focus too much on one place um i have played a game where um two people were, were really going after one thing and they ended up putting like four ward bosses like they each had like four or five ward bosses in one place that they both really really wanted and it kind of didn't matter who wanted at that point because they just they didn't have enough um, influence elsewhere. They both kind of knocked themselves out of the game by focusing too much on just one district. That's excellent advice as well, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Imperial, you know, where don't get attached and think, oh, this is my ward, um, because as soon as you develop an emotional attachment for a ward. You might end up missing other opportunities and investing too much in that one ward, which seems to be what you're describing in the same way that if you play a game of Imperial and you're like, oh, France, I built France up for nothing. Nobody's taken France from me. Well, you've probably lost the game. So uh, that's great advice as well. So, um, well, you know, gentlemen, I want to thank you both for uh, agreeing to uh, be on the show uh, and for uh, talking about Tammany Hall, because this is a game that surely deserves a lot of attention. It's a great design, um, a wonderful theme, and I feel that the mechanics 
um, and the theme are tightly integrated in this one. I really do. Um, I get that political feel. The political offices is a brilliant idea. Um, the length of the game is perfect for what it is. This, this game just hits a lot of the right notes for me. And so, Adam, I want to thank you for reaching out and uh, uh, suggesting that we do a show about it. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. I had a blast. Thank you so much. Not a problem. It's uh, my pleasure entirely. And TC, of course, I, I'm you know thrilled to have you on and appreciate your thoughts and insights about this game as well. And uh, you know, look forward to seeing what we tackle next. No, well, it's going to be great fun, I'm sure. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, for um, uh, everybody here, I want to say uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, please consider joining uh, the Longview Guild uh, so that you can perhaps uh, participate in future episodes by posting questions that you might have about another game that we're going to discuss in the future. So uh, go and check out uh, the Longview Guild page on BGG and uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well. And so for Adam and TC, I want to say uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening and have a great night. <laughs>